<laughs> well, aren't you a cheeky one? You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, love. This is the last episode that I pre-recorded for you before I left for France. This week, Jeremy and I are officially on holiday in the south of France after being in Paris for the last two weeks. And I'm taking him back to some special places from my sabbatical, and we're exploring some new places together, and hopefully our French is getting better. September 10th is our one-year anniversary of eloping to the south of France, which is wild to believe that that was already a year. I cannot believe it. So we fly back on the 2nd. We're missing our anniversary technically by a week, but Jeremy wanted to be out of the city in August because it is the hottest month. Um, If you weren't here when we eloped, you can check out that story at hillaryrushford.com slash wedding. We eloped to the southeast Southeast corner. Guys, does anyone else have to do that? Literally, I don't know what it is in my brain. Every time I have to say a direction, I have to go around in my brain and say, never eat shredded wheat. And I have to visually take my finger and draw it in a diamond. I just don't know which direction off the top of my head is southeast. I don't know what that mental block is about. But anyways, we went to the southeast coast for our elopement flying into Nice. So that itinerary is on the wedding post. And this time we're visiting the southwest coast around Marseille. So you can follow along this itinerary on Instagram. Today, I want to talk about something that my team has pointed out over the years that whenever I mention it in a live class, the chat kind of blows up around. It really resonates with people, which is being an introvert or extrovert. And I asked on Instagram stories if you would be interested in a podcast around this, and 96% of you said yes. So if you want to chime in on future polls, come follow along on stories where right now you're getting that South of France magic. So what I want to share today is how introvert, extrovert, and everything in between shows up in our friendships, our work, and memes on Instagram. (laughs) So I think what resonates with people most, when I've briefly mentioned this in passing, is Number one, I seem like an extrovert. So anyone who sees what I'm doing and wants to run a business like mine or meet a great guy or have more friendships or whatever it is we're talking about, if you don't feel like you're a bold extrovert, you're like, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to be that way for this to be me. And number two, that I talk about what it's like to be in the middle of those two. The phrase I use to describe myself, which isn't a technical term, it's just what I've come up with, is an intimate extrovert, which I'll explain more later, but I think a lot of you also resonate that you're not fully one or the other. I think at this point, most of us know that the stereotypes of these words aren't correct, that introverts aren't necessarily shy, extroverts aren't necessarily better with people. These terms are mostly about how you recharge, what fills your heart up if your tank was feeling empty. And occasionally, it's also, how do you process, which we'll get back to. First, let's talk about friendship. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've realized that I haven't been clear or honest enough with myself and my friends to fully own without apology that I am an intimate extrovert. What that means to me is consider that you've had a really full, tiring week. What's going to have you feeling the most joyful 
if you do next. Like your heart just feels happy. You're going to go to bed feeling really peaceful and joyful from having had that kind of night. Is it curled up home alone watching TV or sitting somewhere lovely to read a book quietly or having a few close friends over or going to drinks or a dinner where you meet new people or going to a big fun party with music and dancing? Here's some examples of this when it comes to me and other friends. When I go to a conference with my friend Jesse, at the end of the day of meeting people, talking, chatting, hugging, helloing, taking selfies, I am spent and Jesse is buzzy. <laughs> it's not that I didn't enjoy it, but while Jesse would be cool to then head right back down to the hotel lobby where everyone's hanging out and keep chatting, I am happiest and my energy starts to come back and my heart feels happy. If we have a couple girlfriends over to our room, order room service, and hang out in our robes. When I go to church with my friend Mary, and we go to a pretty modern, creative church, the music is pumping, the lights are low, I like to sit up front. Jeremy and I's spot is second row, right side. The most energetic people are usually worshiping up front and close. But Mary likes to sit in the back. That much energy is just too much for her and feels really overwhelming. She's my most introverted friend. I remember traveling with my friend Jabri once, and every bar we go into, he's meeting new people, chatting it up with strangers. And I'm like, ugh, I loathe small talk. I feel like it adds zero value to my life. 95% of the time, I chat with a stranger that I am never going to see again. Meanwhile, one of Jeremy's best friends, Roshan, has dear friends that he met in line while waiting for things. He just strikes up conversation. I, meanwhile, keep my earbuds in to try to discourage my doorman from talking to me just when I walk through our lobby. And you heard me talk a few episodes ago about how a weekend when we had one to three friends over three nights in a row on our balcony was the best weekend ever. So I am an intimate extrovert, meaning I crave relationships and to be around people, but I want them to have depth, to be small enough groups in chill enough settings that we can really talk. I want people who know me deeply, that I have a connection with, that I've got things in common with. I don't recharge by being alone, nor by just being around people, period. It's very specific people and scenarios. I'm okay with meeting new people if there's a strong thread. Like, I was at a wedding in Spain with our friend Jolie and some friends who used to go to our church before we did, and now they live in Australia. So we had faith and friends in common. We had a great time at dinner. I still chat with that girl, Kirsten, on Instagram. But I'm going to be honest. This is what a lot of people on Instagram DM me about or who know me casually at church and don't understand is that when they say they'd love to grab coffee or pick my brain or chat, I would not love to. And it's not about you. It's about me. I would rather have those five coffee dates with one friend than give even one of those up to a stranger or an acquaintance. And on those rare times it has happened, there's a tie-in or it's kismet. And thus, I do make new friends that way, but it is more rare. And I have to trust my gut when I'm like, Yes, there is a reason why I want to sit down and connect with this person. So I share that, which you may be wild totally differently. But what's important is that I have not been speaking up enough to really share this with my friends. 
And I've not been slowing down enough to really think through what I'm RSVPing. So a few examples from this summer were a girlfriend invited me to a movie night to go to a French film in the park, which sounds lovely, right? Watching a movie under the stars. It's a French film that's totally up my alley. I love this friend. I want to spend time with her. So I say yes. But then when it actually comes around to it, it is an exhausting workday and I'm super spent. And then I start to realize by the time I get ready and get on the subway to get out there, I'm only going to have about an hour of quality time with her before the movie starts. And once the movie starts, that's not really quality time. So then by the time I commute back, I'm actually going to have spent more time traveling or getting ready than I will have actually had quality time. And so I ended up canceling. Now, I will say she was going. There was multiple women going. If it was just one friend, I would not have stood her up. But I said to Jeremy, if we had been going to dinner, I wouldn't have canceled. I would have thrown on something simple and gone knowing I can be tired and not show up as my best. These are good girlfriends, and I'm going to be super rejuvenated by the quality time together. But ultimately, a movie in the dark isn't really quality time together for me. And so when push came to shove and I was tired at the end of a long week, I didn't have enough motivation to say yes. Another thing this summer was a friend was coming over for just a one-on-one hang on our balcony. And then she said, hey, I had this other friend that I had to reschedule with, and I wondered if we could do that instead, and you wanted to come meet up with us. And I didn't really speak up because I felt badly, I guess. And now I realize I just needed to be totally honest and say, that's actually a completely different night. (laughs) Because we were having one-on-one time, and now you're inviting me to a group thing. You were coming to me, and now you're asking me to get ready because I work from home. So I don't wear makeup and do my hair and all of that. But if I'm going out to a a bar in Manhattan for happy hour, then I'm probably going to feel the need to do that. So now you're adding in time for me to get ready. You're adding in time for me to commute there and back when previously you were coming to me. I know what to expect in this situation. It's going to be quiet. It's just going to be you and I. I don't know all the people here. I don't know if it's going to be a packed bar. I don't know if it's going to be loud. So there's so many factors that made me feel like that was not something I wanted to do. But I've had to acknowledge that I didn't speak up and say that. I think I felt like I was being high maintenance or something. I don't even know. It's so silly. Why would I not be honest about that? And so I've realized that I want to be better for myself and being honest with myself and really communicating to friends without apology. I would love to spend time with you. Thank you so much for the invite. Here is why this kind of event is not probably my favorite and I could either be a maybe where like if I if I'm feeling it, I'll come. But odds are I'm not going to be feeling it. And of course, this is different if it is someone's birthday or their special event. It's completely different if you're loving someone in the way they want to be loved versus having a regular relationship where you're just not speaking up about what truly lights you up and is sustainable. And this is where I want to talk about Instagram memes <laughs> because From what I see, I think we are a very confused generation. We want more friendships. We feel lonely. 
we feel left out. And yet, our Instagram feed is full of memes like me. I never have anything to do. Friend, want to come out tonight? Me, I can't. I'm busy. With an image of someone like wrapped in a blanket in bed watching TV on their laptop. Obviously, you're not really busy, (laughs) but it's confusing. Do you want something to do or do you want to have nothing to do? Do you want to do all the things or do you want to do none of the things? Another meme said, reasons to convince yourself to stay in. 50%, I haven't washed my hair in four days. Truth, I've totally used that. 20%, I have half a bottle of Sav Blanc left over from Tuesday. 20%, the office is only on Netflix until 2020. 10%, it rained for three minutes five hours ago. (laughs) And listen, I get it. I feel the same. So why, why do we feel like we should go out when we want to stay in? Why do we go out when we wish we'd stayed home? Why do we say yes to things and then make excuses to get out of them? I think it's because we aren't being self-aware enough. No one in history has ever seen more of what people are up to than us and this present generation, by which I don't mean like a specific age range. I just mean all of us who are alive and have smartphones and are on social media. Our heads and hearts have never had to process this much FOMO. No generation in history has had more options. We have a larger potential social circle because We move more, change jobs, you've dated on a lot of apps. You know way more people than your grandmother did who can invite you to things or not invite you to things. You can be overwhelmed with all that there is or feel even more absence and lack because I know so many people, how am I not getting invited to more? So we get confused. We say yes because we're lonely And then we regret saying yes because we're overcommitted. We dream of Saturdays and Netflix binging alone. And then we feel sad when we see what other people were up to that Saturday. And we make a bunch of plans to try to overcompensate. So my challenge, which admittedly I committed to not long before we left for France. And now we've been gone. So it's moot because I'm not juggling these uh, social commitments while traveling. But this is how I want to operate this fall. I will be unapologetic and unashamed about sharing with people what brings me joy and fills me up. So the girlfriend that was supposed to come over one-on-one and invites me to this other thing, I won't be ashamed to ask a lot of questions. The vibe I'm interested in is quiet one-on-one time with you. So would it be fair to say that this might be loud, it might be crowded, there might be a lot of other people there. Like, let me specify that um, with the friend that invited me to the movie. Say, I really want to spend time with you, but for me, a movie isn't quality time. So it may depend if I'm already dressed and have errands to run in the city, um, then I might come. But otherwise, I'd love to plan another time when I can spend more quality time with you. Like, let's do a meal. Let's get coffee. Uh, this came up right before we left. Our friend Roshan uh, texted and said, hey, I've got reservations for eight in the neighborhood for dinner. Do you want to join? And I was like, does he mean 8 p.m. or eight people? And so I just went ahead and replied, um, who would? If it's just us, yes. I don't have the bandwidth today for stranger chat. 
Though, to be honest, I only have that energy like 1% of the time. (laughs) So going ahead and explaining that Roshan is that friend who is lit up by making friends with people while he's waiting in line. He would love coming to a dinner party with 10 people and he only knows Jeremy and I. I would not love that. So how can I strike that balance to say it means so much to me that you thought of us and I would love to join you at the last minute for dinner in the neighborhood? Yes, if it is small and intimate. And again, that's my joy and happiness. Friendship means both people are happy. So if you throw a birthday party, a wedding, a new job celebration, your family is in town and you want us to meet them, whatever, I am there for you. This is for you. Totally cool. How do you want to hang out? What is your happy place? Absolutely, this is all about compromising and loving other people. If we are slightly different in what fills us up in a friendship, then maybe we take turns. Maybe we say, you really do love going out and being more extroverted, so I will come to you with one of those things. And then we'll also do small one-on-one things. Or maybe once I mention that to you, you might say, actually, it doesn't matter to me if you come with me to the big things. There's plenty of other people there, so don't ever worry about it. If I invite you to a party and you don't want to come, like, let's just do small one-on-one things. They may not be as often as you would want them because I am more of an extrovert. But yes, now that I understand that that is what makes you feel connected, I will make more of a priority for that. Personally, though, what Jeremy and I have really been praying for is to find more people who have the same joy and happiness lifestyle that we do, who don't enjoy overcommitted packed schedules that really like chill small group hangs and get a lot out of doing that consistently. And in the meantime, I'm also being better with my boundaries, getting more clear with friends who cancel often that they obviously aren't clear enough about their priorities and what they want. Whatever their balance is of extrovert, introvert, and the Instagram memes, that I also can create that boundary and say, I don't want to keep getting canceled on by people who are liking and reposting that Instagram meme. I want to make plans with people who are emotionally healthy enough to know what they want to say yes and no to so I can trust that their yes is yes And I'm holding myself to that same standard. So I would really love to hear your thoughts on this. If you'll come leave a comment on my latest Instagram post when you're done listening or post about it on Instagram and tag me in your stories so I can come read it if you have longer thoughts. But do you think that being more clear to yourself and the people in your life about what brings you joy and happiness would make your friendships and your weeks and your schedule feel better? And that could be being honest with a friend that, You don't love the chill hangs. You love big events. And maybe that means you guys don't spend as much time together. And I don't say that lightly, but it's something to consider. Do you keep being bummed that she says no or cancels when it comes to the big parties and only ever wants you to come over? Or being honest that you don't love the parties. Is it okay that you don't come to her big birthday dinner and instead take her out one-on-one? If it means a lot to her, you'll totally be at the big dinner. But if she'd be happy for more celebrations, then that's a great way to compromise the in the friendship. And I think it's the powerful first step in getting even more clear with yourself is to journal or talk with friends about why you're this way. Why do I hate small talk? I hate describing what I do. (laughs) 
even after all these years in business, I don't have a great cocktail line. It's not that easy to explain what it is that I do. It kind of takes a little bit of effort. And sometimes people just aren't that interested or they don't really care. In my last career, I hated saying what I did. When I would say that I was an actor or a dancer, people would invariably ask about my resume. Oh, have I seen you in anything? No, I do theater, not TV or film. Oh, are you in a show right now? No, it's audition season. Like, I just always felt like I was having to come up with these excuses and sort of justify to people whether or not I was successful. I am so immersed in my work the majority of my week that I love to talk about other things. So I don't have a lot of friends who are in my field and do what I do. A lot of the people who reach out to me on Instagram, they want to go hang out with me because they want to talk about business. And that's exactly what I don't want to talk about. I want to talk about politics and faith and human psychology. And those are the things that usually happen when you're going deep, which is why I don't love the meeting new people surfacey conversations. I don't like debating when those conversations come up around me where people are getting into a debate. It's usually when there's new people meeting at a party. And that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't like this conversation. All of that is valid. And it doesn't make me selfish or a hermit or a misanthrope or anything weird. It's just what makes me happy. What makes you happy? So let's try to be better about saying yes and no to things that make us happy and be super specific and honest about it to ourselves and the people around us so we are more often filled up so we can more often pour out from a great abundant place. And one last thing I mentioned earlier is that occasionally being an introvert or an extrovert is also about how you process. So this comes from my understanding of Myers-Briggs, which is a personality type. And as I understand it, the E and I on that assessment is about how you process. That's the way it was explained to me, that I'm an extrovert on Myers-Briggs because I'm a verbal processor. I... If I just sit and think, my mind wanders. I'm like off and thinking this thing and the next. I need to be taking notes if I'm listening to a class or a sermon in order to follow along. And in order to get to an answer, I have to either write or talk my way through it. If I go on a walk and just silently think about it or sit at my desk in silence, I will get nowhere. (laughs) If I will sit and journal to myself... I will get somewhere. If I will wander along the streets, put in my ear pods so it seems like I'm having a conversation with someone and put on my voice memo app and act like I'm leaving a message for a girlfriend, I can have such wild clarity. If I can get on a call and process with someone on my team, I have much better breakthrough and insight. Meanwhile, my old roommate back in the day was an eye on Myers-Briggs and she needed quiet. She needed to just go sit in her room and listen to classical music. She needed to go take a walk and she would come back with a clear answer of which job it was that she wanted to take that she had been offered or whatever it was. This is so helpful in relationships and in work, knowing that I am an extroverted processor and Jeremy is an introverted processor. So I need to be able to talk through things. And therefore, in being in relationship, he needs to be okay with holding that space for me. He also does not need to do that. So I need to be okay that he isn't going to process everything that way. I know for my team that they need to know it isn't just that I talk a lot. 
It's that there. this is an intentional verbal processing. This is how I get to the answer. I'm not talking just to hear myself talk. I'm actually getting somewhere. And I need to be okay that there's people that would say, I need to think about this and get back to you. If we sit on this call and you're staring at me, I'm not going to be able to come up with the answer. I need to be introverted and able to process. And speaking of work, last thing I want to say to my fellow entrepreneurs is make sure when you choose your business model, your revenue streams, that you're being honest about this part of yourself. If you get drained from going to events but are looking up to and wanting to be like someone who speaks all the time, odds are by following the footsteps of their career, you're going to get super burned out and not ultimately have the energy to continue. For me, I'm lit up by teaching one to many. That energy I pour out feels so much more worth it. So I got really tired of doing one-on-one coaching clients. And I love teaching on Instagram or webinars and live calls or here on the podcast. Whereas to someone else, this might feel completely empty. I'm sitting in a black box padded room talking to seemingly no one. And you might be like, that is not fulfilling. I want to be sitting right across from the person doing one-on-one coaching. For me, I can picture that you're on the treadmill or taking a walk on the beach or in your car. And I love that thousands of us can all have this shared experience together. That's so much more fulfilling to me. Other people are terrified that they would have to be on camera like me in their business. You don't. That's one area of business. And if you do not feel comfortable in it, if, unlike me, you don't have a background in theater, you didn't grow up public speaking since elementary school and having this be a really natural, easy part, then don't model your business after doing uh, live calls and uh, webinars and podcasts or things that I do that you're like, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) Maybe you are more of an introvert in that way. Remember that it's more subtle than seeing if someone looks outgoing and confident or shy and quiet. It's about how you as a business owner and as a human recharge. I am outgoing and confident, and yet I don't recharge from being an extrovert. Because overwhelm and burnout are rampant, and the best antidote is within you. It's self-awareness. It's making a wise choice about your business model and your revenue streams that are going to play to the way you are wired and your personal DNA. So don't build a business or a life that has you under the covers Netflix binging unless it's because you consciously set aside that day as your introvert time. And you might need that once a month or you might need that every other day. Don't wish or try to be someone you're not. Because you will only be the best friend, creative, teacher, whatever you can be if you're recharging all the time in a way that brings you joy. And as an intimate extrovert, I am very likely so recharged right now as you listen to this in a lavender field or on a beach chair with my favorite person and husband. So wherever you are in the world, I hope you make a choice today to do more of what fills you up and share that insight with the people in your life who love you. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately are our new floor cushions that I bought. I really love the energy of a house where you can sit on the floor. It's like take off your shoes, lean up against the couch, and watch a movie. And it was a great way for living in a smaller space like we do in New York to feel like we could have 
extra seating if we do have more people over for book clubs or Bible studies or whatever we've got going on to have people seated without having to have the space or also the extra money for larger seats. So anytime you see something from our house, picture that you're welcome to kick off your shoes, pull up a floor cushion, and make yourself at home. Till next Wednesday.